The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how marketers can play in the overlap between the real and digital world. Joining us today is Jeff White, who is the founder and CEO of Gravy Analytics, which delivers real-world location intelligence to advertisers and brands. Gravy Analytics uses a patent technology they call Admit One TM to verify customers' attendance at millions of places and events, providing unprecedented insights into consumer activities and interests. Today, Jeff is going to talk us through the data behind live events and why it's valuable to marketers. Here's our interview with Jeff White, the founder and CEO of Gravy Analytics. Jeff, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great to have you on the show, and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about event data and how marketers can use it. Before we get into the details, let's just learn a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about your background and how did you get into the event and location data space? So I guess I am a serial entrepreneur. I think that just simply means in my early report card that said doesn't play well with others. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had the opportunity to start and have some exits in a couple of businesses The one common thematic that's always been to all the businesses I've ever started before is really rapidly growing technology landscapes with big dislocations in the marketplace. So in this case, it was 2011. And when I looked at what was something I want to get out in front of, it was really mobile location data. I just felt the proliferation of mobile devices And the location data on the back of those was something that was going to unlock the next frontier of consumer data. And I just wanted to get out in front of it. So tell me a little bit about some of the companies you founded before Gravy Analytics. Were they database businesses? You mentioned that they were technology centric. Did you have a background in the use of big data and analytics? Yeah. So I was a computer science and engineering. I think the first company I had was a company called Blue Canopy. And our focus there was to try to help using a technology infrastructure instead of dashboards, help companies manage technology outsourcing. And I was actually running a large technology outsourcing group out of AT&T. And I'll be honest, we weren't really good at managing the next cube over, much less the next continent over. 
So I knew there was going to be needed help there. So launched the company to do just that, won several Inc. Awards, fastest growing company in America, and then sold that company in 2007. And really at that time, what was keeping me up at night in that company was trying to manage my own supply chain because I had work that was going on on one side of my business and trying to hire on the other and bring in subcontractors and wasn't very good at managing that. So launched a company, ultimately it was called GovWend, just to bring transparency and a marketplace to subcontracting for enterprises and sold it 18 months after I launched to a publicly traded company called Deltec. So you had basically a technology company and you were basically spun out another company out of that experience to help you manage the onboarding of subcontractors. Help me connect the dots between your subcontractor business and then how you ended up getting into verified location-based consumer intelligence. So at the heart of what we did at GovWin was take lots of disparate data, largely centered around supply and demand in that case but take a large amounts of disparate data, normalize that data, and bring analytics so that people can smooth out their supply and demand curve. The same principle was applied to what we wanted to do here, which actually take this burgeoning field called mobile location data and understand that it was going to be prolific, it was going to be disparate, it was going to be noisy, it was going to be large and hard to manage, and just bring technology and enablement to bring insights and analytics up to the service of that. So from your previous work, you had a good sense of using data science and you were helping people manage supply and demand in terms of their operations and sub and the usage of subcontractors. And you had a technical background and you saw a need in the proliferation of mobile device to be able to grab the data coming from those devices. Tell me a little bit about Gravy Analytics. We've had a couple of podcast guests come on and talk about location-based data and how it works. How are you different than some of the other location-based data providers? Well, first and foremost, I think when we thought about the landscape and we looked at what was one of the, one of my favorite books was actually a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. We actually did an analysis of the landscape and looked at what some of the larger players were doing in this space, Google, Facebook at the time, Yahoo and AOL and others. Where I saw the marketplace going was there was going to be a lot of providers capturing attendances and using mobile location data to what we call points of interest, largely static places, right? You go to the grocery store, you go to the dry cleaners and other things. But what no one was doing at the time and still were maybe the only one who does this at scale is actually understanding all of the events that people attend. Because for us, if we believe that we're, the mantra of where we go is who we are is the next frontier of truly understanding consumer behaviors, what was the most powerful signal of that set was actually the events that people attended. These were the things that we bought tickets to. It was the shared experiences. It was viscerality of an experience that made us talk about that experience at the water cooler on Monday. No one talks about our trip to Costco so we will talk about our trip to a vineyard, but no one talks about our trip to the dry cleaners. So we will talk about that NBA game that we all went to over the weekend. So we just thought if we could capture that. It was true blue ocean. No one else was doing it. And it was the single greatest signal of that entire data set that told us a little bit more about consumers than no one else had. 
So you basically position yourself to focus on extracting the events. You mentioned the NBA game, going to a winery instead of just basically mining all of someone's location data. Why do you think that those events are important and how do you segment them? So the events are important in our world for three reasons. One is there is an accuracy when we speak of events that is simply misplaced if you don't understand that. And I'll give you a great example Near us is something called um, the Verizon Center or Capital One Arena. And one night is Disney on ice. The next night it's Jay-Z concert. The same exact point on the planet is an entirely different audience if you look at the times of the events. So that's one. There's an accuracy to that that is you would be targeting incorrectly if you just look at it as a homogenized venue. Two, the contextual relevance of that. It's one thing to think about a large venue, but when you apply this, when we're processing a million events per day across the U.S., so it's not just the large venues, the 300,000-person NASCAR race down to three people getting together to have their NBA fantasy draft party, the contextual relevance of why someone is at a particular place is vitally important to understand them. And and the example that we always use in our world is one of our biggest uh, selling audiences is yoga lovers. And if you think about a yoga lovers, half of the people in our yoga audience are never seen at a yoga studio. They go to churches, community centers, YMCAs, yoga in the park. So you would miscategorize someone as a religious zealot if you thought they were going to church three times a week for a religious service without understanding, no, there's actually a yoga class at seven to nine in, in the gym. And then the last, and perhaps what is the most important point of this is the performance. As a marketer, if I can understand the viscerality, the shared experience, the emotional component that we put on as consumers to those events, uh, going back to the previous example about at the water cooler on Monday, talking about the sommelier class that I went to, not my trip to Costco, if we can capture that and instantiate that for marketers, there's a viscerality that, that makes targeting that consumer based on that relevant experience extremely powerful and help those segments perform better than anything else. So essentially what you're doing is taking the combination of someone's location data, you're, I'm assuming, matching that up with what is happening at a specific location so you understand the context of the event that the person's going into, and you're overlaying that with essentially interest data to understand if somebody is a wine enthusiast, a yoga lover, or a basketball fan. You nailed it. And using your wine enthusiast as an example, we have something in our world we call a commitment index. And every marketer has various things at their disposal, and all of them are valid. So to understand that someone is a wine lover, using your words, someone who shops for wine and searches for wine online, that's a signal. That's a valid signal of someone's interest in wine. Someone who goes to Costco and puts in a $12 bottle of Yellowtail and a $400 basket size is also a signal. That's a signal that someone likes wine, for sure. But to understand that someone went with four of their friends to a vineyard or a wine tasting class over the weekend, that's just the highest and most important signal that we think we can harvest. And not to say those other ones aren't important, but there's just a, it's a really high receptor. When you're talking about the micro events, when you're talking about four people went to a winery or that there's a yoga class at a church. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How are you figuring out what those locations are and mostly when they're time-specific, you know, a church or a yoga class at a church, how do you separate out what event is happening at what place at what time? We've been doing this for a long time, and that's probably our greatest trick. And it's really hard, to be honest. And had we known it was this hard, maybe we'd have done something else. So for us, it starts with we have this big system that we call PEMS. It's an event management system that goes out and pulls in every single event from every single source that you might sit here and imagine every night. So it's things like we screen scrape local newspaper sites. We have integrations with all the ticketing providers, both first and third party ticketing providers, the resellers, the Eventbrite, the meetups, the Facebook events, the Yelp events, everything under the sun. We want to make sure we capture, instantiate, categorize, geofence, understand the devices are there and the associated contextual categories, et cetera normalize all of those down and then wash, rinse, and repeat the next night. So on any given day, as I said, we will process a million of those things every single night. That's fascinating. Tell me a little bit about the level of granularity. And I'll use a context that's near and dear to my heart. I'm a podcast host. I focus on reaching marketers, and I actually publish two podcasts. There's this show, which is more technology-driven marketers, and I'm also, for a consulting client, the host of an SEO show called The Voices of Search. Can you help me get in touch with technology-driven marketers and separate them from the SEO community? What level of granularity can you get down to? So... We have, as I said before, both worth events and places. We have what we call three tiers of categorizations for each. For example, it's not just a live music event. It's live music, country, bluegrass. Similarly, we have it with B2B events, right? It's third tier categorization for B2B events. So it might not just be a technology meetup. It could be technology, Microsoft, SharePoint. So down to that level of specificity, so in as much as you can identify or marketers in our world can identify the spec of someone they're trying to meet, we could make up a recipe of attendances to both events and places that can go meet that spec. 
And are you building custom audience for your customers or do you have these basically prefabbed lists that someone can take a cut of data? Both. We certainly do have currently out of the box probably four to 500. But again, they're just categorical recipes. So we have four to 500 out of the box, but routinely we create custom segments for our customers all the time. And they're just recipes of how people are living their daily lives. We're just grouping the logical attendances together. Interesting. So I get the sense that this is really valuable data, and we're going to talk a lot about how it can be applied and how to use it in our next episode. But last question I have for you today, we've talked a lot with all of the location-based data providers about some of the privacy regulations. There's GDPR that was launched in Europe. There's potential privacy regulations coming down this year in the United States. Talk to me about some of the concerns people have about privacy and how are you protecting people's anonymity while also creating a valuable data source? Great question. And it's something that we have been big proponents of out of the gate. So I think there are several pillars of what we do. Obviously, first and foremost, for everything that we do, it's 100% user opt-in and they can opt out anytime. We can remove and forget out of our entire supply set. So it's 100% opt-in for every bit of data that we touch. Two is we house and collect zero PII data. Everything in our world is aggregated and anonymized down to an advertiser ID, which is a layer of abstraction on the device and other things, as you know. And the third thing we have is full transparency throughout our entire supply chain and stewardship of data. We make all of those handoffs and linkages known so that a consumer is always aware of where their data is going, how it's being used, and as I said, can opt out and be forgotten inside of our platform should they ever want to do so. We are 100% GDPR compliant. And while I know the California legislation is still a little bit being melded as we speak, as it is written today, we will be compliant with that as well. I have such mixed emotions about the environment of analytics data. Like on one side, where companies like yours are trying to do everything to the letter of the law, and rightfully so, you're giving the consumer all of the notices and prompts to let them know that their data is being collected, even if it's anonymized. If I went to my mom and told her that when she checked into a meetup for textile artists, that her location was being tracked because she had her cell phone with her, she would be freaked out. <laughs> and even though she went through those predictions, I think a lot of people don't really realize or don't feel like they have a choice to accept those prompts because they want access to the services that are provided to them. And on the flip side, as a marketer, this seems awesome. You can track somebody down to an event. If somebody goes to something that selects an interest, it allows you to basically not just understand, are they engaging with a specific website or are you trying to use transactional data that can be a little targeted? No, like they were actually at the specific location when a specific event happened, which is a very powerful signal. And so to me, the marketing side of me is very excited about access to this type of data and appreciates that companies like yours are doing their best to do everything by the rules. On the flip side, I think that the end consumer has some awareness of what is being tracked on their phone, but still doesn't totally understand and it's just the nature of the world that we live in these days. It is. And I think if I was going to give your mom comfort, I would say people always say when it gets down to a single person, oh, you know, I went here. And the reality is we may or may not. We know on aggregate people who go to these categorical types of events and places and all of that is aggregated and anonymized 
And when we enable marketers to act upon that data, we're not giving a marketer, you know, your mom was at this event on this particular day at this particular time. Rather, here are all the million of people who go to these types of events. Absolutely. And you are aggregating and anonymizing data. There are other services that are out there that you can actually track down to basically an individual person with PII. And to me, that's crossing the line. But neither here nor there. There's a lot of interesting data that goes behind location-based data. And I think that thinking about it from an event perspective is a really smart approach. So tomorrow we're going to talk about how to use event-based data. So stay tuned. We're going to continue this conversation. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Jeff White, the founder and CEO of Gravy Analytics for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Jeff is going to tell us how to integrate event-based location data into your marketing campaigns. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jeff, you can click on the link in our show notes to get to his LinkedIn profile. You could send him a tweet at Jeff underscore white 1347, or you could visit his company's website, which is Gravy Analytics. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can also reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Jeff White, the founder and CEO of Gravian analytics. We've got some great episodes lined up for the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.